your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone and welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, we are back here with another episode this week. Remember everyone, from now until the end of September, three episodes a week. We are done with the four to five episodes a week until the season starts. Um, an update on the Brock McGinn situation. Uh, I have been in contact with his dad and his agent. We are just setting up a day and a time where it works best with Brock and hopefully it will be the end of the week where I can bring him on and talk about a whole bunch of stuff you know when it comes to the Penguins you know his time in Carolina and a whole bunch of miscellaneous questions that I've been thinking about uh, for the last few days Um, again as I said on Friday this has been something that I've been wanting to do um, ever since I started the podcast you know just it's been a a dream of mine forever to uh, bring players on for the Penguins and to just talk to them like I'm just talking to my friends I mean I just I've been wanting to do this for so long um, hopefully he is just the start. I'm, I'm definitely not satisfied um, after I hopefully bring him on. And I also plan to reach out to more current players and retired members of the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. So I wanted to let you all know about that. Um, I'm also working on a piece about Chad Ruedel and Cody Cece for Full Press Hockey. I'm going to touch a little bit on that coming up in one of the segments today and how I think Chad Ruedel is fully ready uh, to be um, the number six defenseman. But I'm going to save most of it uh, for my article tomorrow, which will come out, of course, on Wednesday. Um just to start out with today, we did have a little bit of Penguins news that dropped. Um, Redeem Zahorna has been re-signed. He was one of the two restricted free agents that the Penguins um, needed to sign. It is a two-year contract, 750 k per year, two-way deal this coming season, and then a one-way deal in 2022 and 2023. So I saw a lot of people were confused on Penguins Twitter about, you know, well, why is it two-way this year, then it's one-way the next year? And, and, and honestly... It's as simple as this, people, if you weren't able to figure this out. They want to finish his development this year. I think they want to split his time with Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh. And you know, everyone, that he is going to get a lot of time with the Penguins because knowing this team, they're going to be banged up like hell. I mean, the last couple of years, they've been top five, top 10 in man games lost. I know this year they were top five. I think the year before that they were top 10. I'm sure it's going to be close to the same um, next year. So he is 110% going to be in the lineup. Um, it's just a matter of how much more he develops because I I did really like his game when he played this past season. I think he only played in, what, 8 to 10 games, but had a couple really nice highlight reel goals, was really fast with the puck, creative, um, was really flashy, I thought, too. The biggest uh, knock on him, though, he is 25 years old, so there's probably not going to be too much more development there because he's basically in the peak years of his career. But the shortest explanation I can give you all is that this year they're expecting to finish his development in Wilkes-Barre, even though there's probably not much more left, and then for the next season in the last year of that two-year deal, bring him up to the Penguins full-time and have him be that 12th or 13th forward. Again, he only makes 750K, so if he's not good enough to play, you can just put him in the press box. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're putting someone in the press box that makes 750K um, for that season. But, you know, again, I I did like his game 
from this season. I'm curious to see um, how he plays uh, at both the AHL level and the NHL level this coming season. Ron Hextall said when he signed in today, um, Radim impressed us last season with his ability to transition to the smaller ice service quickly and adapt his game. He is a power forward with a lot of potential, and we are excited to watch him continue to grow as a player. Yes, I, I did forget to mention that, everyone. Um before last year, he had not played on North American ice before. You know, all he had played on um, was the European ice, which, of course, is a lot wider than the NHL's ice surface. I, I guess just to put it in summary, it's it's a lot smaller than the European. Um, and he, he still played well. I mean, even if you look at his AHL numbers from this past year, they were pretty damn good in a very short sample size. Played in 12 games, 3 goals, 11 points in those 12 games. So almost a point per game. And then with the Penguins um, in 8 games, 2 goals, four points in those eight, eight games. So in total, when you look at the regular season for both Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh, 20 uh, regular season games, um, 15 points in those 20 games when you add it all up. I mean, that's again, that's really good. Also a very small sample size. He's probably not going to continue at that pace um, at either level, but it still shows that he does have some potential to grow and that I think he could be a very serviceable bottom six forward. Again, I don't think he's going to make the team out of camp this year. I think he's probably going to start in Wilkes-Barre, as I just said a few minutes ago, so they can you know finish his development up a little bit. But I find him a really intriguing player um, going into this season because um, when the Penguins inevitably get hurt, um, I think he is definitely going to be the first call-up option. I don't really think they have anyone else that they would call up. Over, I mean, sure, you know, there's some talent down in Wilkes-Barre, um, but I don't, there's none more, I don't think, um, than Zohorn. And I think Chad from the 412 Sports Talk also had a good take as well, and I agree with this. You know, he also thinks that he's a guy that he'd like to see get a lot of ice time in the preseason because he's not sure what he is as a player. I 100% agree with that. You know, you obviously you don't play a lot of your top players in the preseason because you know what you have in those guys, right? I mean, you're not going to play Sidney Crosby in a lot of the games. Evgeny Malkin, he's not even going to play in the preseason anyway. You're not going to play Kasperi Kapanen a lot, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust. I think they used, Penguins usually have, what, six to seven preseason games? They'll probably play in maybe two or three of them. It's mainly just to see um, how the kids are and where they are at in their stages of development. So I honestly hope Zohorna gets almost every preseason game so we really see what we have in this guy. And, you know, who knows? If he has a really good preseason, I could definitely see management um, having him make the 23-man roster. Again, I think it's maybe a bit unlikely right now with all the forwards they signed this offseason with Brock McGinn and Danton Heinen. Of course, they also brought back Dominic Simone as well. I think right now he's the favorite to get that 13th forward spot. But, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Zohorna could come up here um, and not only compete for that spot, but win that spot as well. But those are just my thoughts on that. There really has not been any other Penguin news these last couple of days other than uh, today, um, out of abundance of caution with Allegheny County, um, PBG Paints Arena will begin following guidelines by the CDC recommending that all guests entering the arena wear masks. I'm not going to go, go on a whole tirade here about, you know, masks and all that. I think everyone who knows me who follows me on Twitter knows where I stand with people who are anti-vaxxers and people that don't support um, get, getting vaccinated and all that. So again, I'm not going to go into a full spiel on that. You all that follow my Twitter, you know where I stand on that. I'm not a goddamn idiot. 
but hopefully, you know, we can start getting more people being vaccinated before the season starts so we don't have to have the CDC recommending that all guests wear masks going into the 41 home games at PPG Paints Arena next season. We all know we all want um, all of the home games to have 100% capacity. That won't happen unless everyone continues to get vaccinated and unless the numbers start going down again, because we've hit a bit of a surge um, in these last couple of days. But I wanted to report that news to you all. Also saw P.O. Joseph today was hosting um, a camp at, um, I think he was surprising the campers at the Willie O'Ree Academy this evening. Um, he, a couple of his quotes from Michelle Crecciolo of Penn's Inside Scoop, he said he didn't think twice being on the ice with these kids and seeing the smiles on their faces. It's what I came for. It's always nice to give back to the community. Um, just absolutely awesome that he would do that and surprise all those kids and again I'm really hoping that he does make the team this season as I personally think he is ready to be a full-time NHLer not on the top pairing obviously but I think in a second pairing or a bottom pairing role especially if they move out Mike Matheson's contract um, I think he would be a perfectly fine addition to the team and heck if their bottom pairing is P.O. Joseph with Chad Ruedel uh, I think that's a third pairing that they can win a Stanley Cup with I'm just going to throw that out there right to you all um right now but that's the latest uh, penguins news from today at least coming up in the next segment we're going to touch on um, a couple other things one of them being um chad ruedel actually and we're also going to talk about brian Russ's contract um a little bit as well but before we do get to that we have to talk about the title sponsor for today's show and that is rockauto.com you can save time and money when using rock auto why should you choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent or even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years the prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you can need from brake parts tail lamps mortar oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today to find a solution to all your auto part needs you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck and you can write locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts car will ever need that's rockauto.com all right welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins so let's let's just discuss this whole uh, number six defensive spot um, thing I, I'm gonna I have a full article coming tomorrow on full press hockey when I go really in depth on it but I wanted to spend still a few minutes um, talking about a couple other aspects of this I've been seeing some pundits you know around the Pittsburgh media um, and, and you know some fans as well on Penguins sort of talking about how you know it was a mistake to let Cody CC go we're, we're not gonna let this go this is gonna be a huge mistake the Penguins are gonna pay for it uh, this coming season and I really don't understand that I mean he got a four-year deal worth what three point Two five million per year. I'm sorry for someone who's going to be in his 30s for all of that uh, contract. That's just too much of a gamble and too much of a risk that I was not going to take. And I'm glad that Ron Hextall decided not to do that. I know he discussed after the season that they were hoping to bring him back, but I'm sure he was not going to do that at four years and $3.25 million per. I mean, that's just... And, oh yeah, everyone, I'm sure he's going to get top four minutes with Duncan Keith or the corpse of Duncan Keith with the Oilers after they traded for him. So um, they're just they're not even going to use him in a third-pairing role because they didn't sign him 
uh, to be used in that role. When the Penguins signed him last year, they knew exactly where they were going to deploy him and why. Um, the Oilers, they know exactly where they are going to deploy him. And again, you know, they're, they're not paying him four years to be sitting on the third period eating uh, 10 to 12 to 13 minutes a night. I mean, that's just not their logic right now. But, you know, you have an in-house replacement in Chad Ruedel who is more than ready to come in here um, and play full-time. I don't think enough people have been talking about it this offseason. You know, you look at Micah Blake McCurdy's stuff on Hockey Viz, um, and with Ruedel on the ice this season, he played 219 minutes at 5v5. His expected goals against per 60, or the Penguins' expected goals against per 60, with Ruedel on the ice, 1.76, minus 28% in parentheses. That is his. That is a career high for him. There is a whole swath of blue right in the high danger areas, the high slot, low slot, right in front of the net. That's exactly what you are looking for from a third pairing defenseman. And then when you go to Cody Ceci, he played 829 minutes on the third pairing this year. The Penguins expected goals against per 60 with Ceci on the ice, 2.44 plus 1% of the parentheses, way worse than Ruedel. And again, I understand that CC played about 600 more minutes than Ruedel, but this is this is night and day uh, from what Ruedel did, and, and I get it. You know, he only played in 17 to 18 games, but if he can give close to that for an entire 82 game season, um, that is the upgrade of the century, I think, in my opinion. And also, you know, I know his penalty kill numbers weren't that good either this year, but I mean, I don't think they could be worse going into next year when the Penguins PK is probably going to be better. I mean, remember everyone, the team's PK this past year was 28th in the league. For those that uh, are keeping track, that is the fourth worst unit um, league-wide. And I still don't know how Mike Vellucci um, kind of has a job at this point. I don't think he does a good job with it and a whole lot of other stuff with regards to his responsibilities. Hopefully he's been making some tweaks to it during the regular season. I mean, the Penguins better hope so because, again, that unit was a tire fire. But I think putting Ruido on there is going to be just fine with how he suppresses shots uh, at a really good level at 5v5. And that's what you're looking for for someone who's playing as your number six defender. And I honestly also think he would be the perfect complement to Mike Matheson. Another thing I'm going to be bringing up in my article tomorrow. Um, you know, and that and that gives it like also a really good balance for the Penguins defensive corps. So you look at this as what it would say right now. Brian Jumel and Chris Letang, you know what Letang can do with the puck. He's that offensively gifted defenseman, good in the defensive zone, but then you have Brian Jumlin who can cover for him if he does make a bad pinch at times or, you know, just makes the wrong read. You know, Marcus Pedersen, John Marino. Marino, really gifted with the puck as well. Not as much as Chris Letang, obviously, but it's still good in the offensive zone. Marcus Pedersen, great defensively. I think um, people underrate him, especially with his good underlying numbers in a defensive zone he can cover for Marino if he makes a bad pinch and then for Matheson obviously he is so gifted with the puck plays like a forward about 70% of the time and then Ruedel steady as he goes in the defensive zone and can cover for Matheson when he inevitably screws up so there's just a really good balance with these three pairings with three players who are really good with the puck and Brian Newman is also good with the puck as well but then you have three really good defensemen um, who are good at suppressing shots um, and good at denying the opposition um, getting into the defensive zone. So um, I think it's just a slam dunk for me when it comes to putting Chad Riedel into the lineup full-time. Again, I understand that he doesn't have a lot, uh, a big sample size the last couple of years, 
But, you know, this is your time to find out what you have in him. He keeps resigning here because it sounds like he likes it. He's not making a lot of money. You need to have cheap third pairings if you want to win the Stanley Cup. You cannot be giving your third pairing 9 to $10 million during the season if you want to win. You know, look at what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done the last few years. I mean, their third pairing um, has not made $10 million per. I know the Penguins did not in 2016 and 2017. I don't think Washington's did either, and I don't think the Blues uh, one did either. So... If the Penguins do want to get back to another Stanley Cup final, again, you obviously you need your core players in place. You need good depth around them, but you also need a cheap third pairing that's not going to kill you on a nightly basis like the Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz one did. I think a Matheson Ruedo pairing uh, would be awesome. And, and especially, you know, if they were able to have put POJ in there and trade Matheson's salary out, um, that third pairing of POJ Ruedo would probably be around, what, 2.4, 2.5 million? Probably one of the cheaper third pairings um, in hockey. So I think this makes all the sense in the world for Pittsburgh. And there's also just no one else out there on the free agent market that they can bring in and sign. I mean, there's just there's no Cody CC equivalent. I mean, Nikita Zadorov is out there, but he's a left shy. You're not going to put him on the right side. I know people have, have been clamoring for Mark Friedman to get in. His underlying numbers, very small sample size, were good offensively, but not that good defensively. I don't really know what the organization thinks of him. Um, I, I think it's just too early to tell with him at this point. Um, there's, you know, there's other Jason Demers. I think is out there. He's washed. Um, Eric Goodbranson, of course, old friend of the Penguins. He's washed at this point. I mean, there's Matt Neskins on cat friendly, but he's retired. There's so many other bad defensemen on there that they're just they've made too much money over the last few years, and they've not put up as good numbers as Ruedel has, and. Again, in my opinion, this is just a no-brainer for Pittsburgh to finally promote Weedle and give him full third-pairing minutes, which he has deserved, I think, for the last year and a half. I, I was clamoring for it to happen last year until they brought in CC. I was very surprised with him um, during the season, but I think this year they have to do it, especially with how all of the right shot D or all of the good right shot D came off the free agent market really quickly and with how Pittsburgh prioritized adding a couple forwards um, over um, some defensemen because I think they can definitely feel that um, internally. So those are my thoughts on that going into next year. Before we do get to the next segment, uh, we have to talk about everyone's favorite bar. And of course, that is Built Bar. They have many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors well, you are missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barkia, Raspberry Mint Brownie, and of course, my favorite, the Cookies and Cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. You can get 17 to 18 grams of protein in most of them. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of nut carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I was having this discussion actually with um, Jason, who of course, his emoji on Penguins Twitter, in case anyone does not follow this guy, um, he basically just has, I think it's his cat in a Penguins jersey or it's a cat, one of the two. We were discussing this earlier, you know, about, you know, the cap going into next year and, you know, about Brian Rust. Uh, and just what, what an extension looks like with him. And I think at this point, I would do an extension for him. Um, what I think it'll look like, though, 
Um, in my opinion, I think he's going to look for at least a five times five deal, five years, five million per. I would give that to him. But if he's going to look for something like five years at six million per, you just got to walk away, especially um, with how um, just he's just getting a bit older. Um, you don't really know um, how if he'll fall off a bit. Um, but I think six million is just, I think that's too steep for me. I think I'd go as high as five and a half, but over that, that's pushing it. I'll just walk away. Hopefully though, and he was telling me this, Jason, that is, um, he would come in at the sod number, which was five years, four and a half million per. I understand that people have been, um, excuse my language here, bitching at the penguins for not, um, just giving him that contract. I mean, people, they signed Brock McGinn and Danton Heinen, and I think they're going to be really good players for the same. I'm actually going to have a Danton Heinen article coming out next week and why I think he could um, be the McCann replacement that we have all been waiting for. Yes, I am that high on Danton Heinen. If I am wrong about that, well, you know, it won't be the first time I've been wrong and it won't be the last time I've been wrong. But I'm still, right now, I'm in favor of paying Rusty. He's well, outside of Malkin and Latang, who obviously are going to get paid either this summer or during the season, um, he is their most important free agent next season. Sure, Kasperi Kapanen's contract is up, but I don't think Pittsburgh is going to want to pay that just because he's probably going to be looking for a pretty big raise as well. I would choose, personally, Rust over Kapanen because I think Rust is a better player. Sure, he's a bit older and he's going to be also obviously older at the end of that current contract if he does sign it, um, but I think he'll be better in those years than Kapanen will be when he signs his next contract. Um, you know, agents are probably going to know that next year is going to be way different. I don't think you're going to see as much money thrown around next year as you saw this year because um, with Seattle coming in, um, it was just, it, it, it's a bit different because um, a new team enters the system, but next year when that team is fully in now, um, I think teams are going to have to be a little cautious about what money they give out. And that's why, again, I, I don't think you're going to see a very active free agent market, even though there's some good players going to be available, because with the flat cap again next year and for a couple years after, um, teams are going to be pretty cautious. Um, but that is still a player that I would give, yeah, five years, four and a half to five and a half million per. Um, if he asks for six years, just walk. Um, I think six years, that's too much. I mean, sure, you know, he's a top line uh, forward. You know, it's not six years to freaking Barkley Goudreau or Brandon Tanev or something like that. Uh, but it's still too much term for someone who could fall off at any point. I don't expect Russ to fall off completely. I mean, he's had two really good seasons in a row here where he scored 20 or more goals. I mean, in 2020, he was on pace to score 30 to 35 goals for a full season. Um, but I'm also, again, just worried that that's not going to last during that contract. But um, if you're just if you're asking me to choose between Rust and Captain, I'm, I'm choosing Rust any day of the week. I also think the Penguins will have a little bit more cap flexibility next year anyway. I mean, they'll probably um, offload maybe another contract or two, potentially Mike Matheson, maybe Marcus Pedersen if they feel like it, though I would rather move Matheson than Pedersen at this point. Maybe one of their goalies. I mean, it, it, the roster is going to look a lot different after next offseason because the window is going to be slamming shut um, pretty fast. I mean, that's just, that's their big year where they're going to decide if they want to retool the team or if they want to keep going all in during Sid and Gino's um, later years. But did 
want to spend a little bit of a segment talking about Brian Russ and his next contract. Um, I don't think at this point he's going to be traded. I know I did an episode uh, during the early portions of the offseason where it would make sense to do it because I think you could get a haul back, but I, there's been no rumors of that at all this offseason, so I would not expect that going into this season. Um, maybe you could see a sign and trade uh, like how Zach Hyman almost happened with the Oilers. I think the, the, the Leafs were looking to get a pickback for him with that sign and trade, but I think that would be unlikely as well. Um, I think they're just going to play it out with him and see if they can come to an agreement um, after this coming season. But um, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I appreciate every one of you listening to this one, and we'll be back later this week. I will let you all know when I get a finalized date and time for Brock McGinn to come on to Locked On Penguins. So stay tuned for that. Hope you all have a great rest of your evening, and I'll talk to you all soon.